Entrepreneurs can get stuck in their head, challenged by their thoughts, the voice in their head, and their beliefs. We chat with successful entrepreneurs who share their journey and the lessons learned along the way. The Add Valued Entrepreneurs podcast is edutaining, leaving you with actionable advice to transform your life and create a thriving business that aligns with your values and goals. Our conversations are for entrepreneurs who want more freedom and fulfillment from their work so they can live the life they desire. You deserve it. It is possible. It's time for you to add value. Our guest today is Andrew Ryder. Andrew is a writer and entrepreneur who is reimagining content creation for online educators so they can highlight their uniqueness and build relationships with their audiences. Andrew's work has been recognized by Entrepreneur Magazine for demonstrating leadership in business. Andrew shares content strategies for reimagining your brand. If it's worth doing, why not find ways to reach more people? Consistency is a key with content. And Andrew talks about arete as a value, striving for excellence. Andrew Ryder, thank you so much for uh, coming on the show today. I'm looking forward to learning from you and just having a great conversation. Yeah, thanks for having me, Robert. I'm excited to be here. Absolutely. Well, before we got started, you kind of started mentioning a little bit about your entrepreneurial journey. So why don't you just share that that journey a little bit with us? Yeah, sure. So, you know, I am reimagining the way that online educators create content. And the way I see it, you know, social media has changed the way that humans interact with each other, but it hasn't changed the way that humans connect. You know, human connection and the things that we value are still the same. And so yeah, I'm trying to help other educators to realize that and to create content in ways that fosters that connection, that builds a relationship, it builds trust, and that is you know enjoyable for the entrepreneur to create, but also enjoyable for the uh, clients and customers to consume. And really, I got into this space sort of by accident. You know, I I started out like I would call the typical um, Facebook lead. I was downloading all the lead magnets. You know, I would just scroll through my Facebook and click on all the ads, download lead magnets, get on email lists. And, you know, I convinced myself that this is how you learn how to become good at marketing or online business is you just download a whole bunch of stuff. I'd have a podcast going at 2x speed and I'd crank through. I had like 15 different shows that I was listening to a week and all hours of the day, you know, had something going on. I was reading a book, I was listening and I was just learning, learning, learning. But I wasn't actually doing anything. You know, I was just consuming, 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 and spending a lot of money buying programs, watching them, some most of them, but uh, never actually doing every, anything, never actually starting a business. I kind of fell into the traps of a lot of these sensationalized programs, the get rich quick schemes, the the biz op stuff. You know, all all of that stuff that you tend to find yourself in when you're on Facebook a lot, looking for uh, online business types of courses. And um, I made a lot of mistakes. I spent a lot of money and ultimately I ended up just writing a lot. I I wrote, you know, probably a thousand articles over the course of those years in various niches and various businesses and opportunities and things that I was involved in. And I picked up sort of just through trial and error. I, I started to learn strategies for creating content and for how, you know, I learned how I wanted to run my business that was not necessarily what was the right way or what's the most common way on social media, but it was lessons that I picked up that 
I hadn't learned anywhere else and I didn't hear anyone else talking about. And I just felt compelled to share those lessons to help people to realize that there's not just one right way to do things that, you know, if you're starting a business, maybe you would want to do it your way. Maybe you want to do it in a way that's enjoyable to you or that's fulfilling to you and also helps your, your customers. So well, let's talk you know, a little bit about, about that. Right. So yeah, obviously uh, most entrepreneurs that are, have been in the online space at all, or got pushed into the online space in the last two years yeah. um, because of, you know, our world situation, you know, have been taught, you know, create a lead magnet, build your email list. Um, and, and that there's still this, there's still the, you know, Facebook ads have gotten more complicated, right? Their algorithm is more complicated and you could spend your entire lifetime just trying to follow the algorithm. And, and of course the same applies to any of the others, right? YouTube, LinkedIn all have their own algorithm for what they're showing, you know, to people right now, it seems to be one minute video reels. And of course, mm -hmm. most people are just putting up total dumb distraction crud, which Facebook loves because people just keep going, wow, wow. And laughing and why, you know, it's like, it's like uh, reels is basically the funny video channel that's 24 hours a day. Um, and so to get to get quality content into the space where people are paying attention to it and, and feeling good about it. But I think you started on the other side of that feeling like there's some unethical practices happening and people spending money in places that aren't helping them or aren't serving them. So let's just talk a little bit about the idea of ethics and marketing. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I have a, I guess you could call it an idealized version of, of marketing. You know, I've, I've made a lot of mistakes. I, I fell for the the lies and, you know, I got on phone calls with people who would say, Oh yeah, you know, you and your wife will be making this much money in one month. And then in three months, you'll both be able to leave your jobs. And then, you know, you invest all that money to, to buy into the program and it's just all lies. It's all, it's all gimmicks. It, it, you know, none of it's real. And, and they're just preying on, sort of your fantasy of what your life could be like. Hmm. And so, you know, I've, I've definitely fallen prey to a lot of the predatorial tactics. And, and to be fair, I was in that mindset. I was looking for that type of sensational, instantaneous type of solution. And, you know, I, I've just found that if it's, you know, if it's worth doing, it's worth doing right. And to have to create marketing materials, to create content, you know, if it's, if it's a sales page, if it's a webinar to create, uh, you know, sales materials or content, it's all content to me, to be honest, but to create content that is, you know, holding true to the promise that you're making, it's not sensationalized. It's not lying to people and, you know, it's worth their time. You know, so many times you go on these webinars or, or you, you go on this type of presentation where they pretend it's live, right? And they have all this software automation to have people in the chat and they're all putting ones and zeros in the comment box and the, the person's interacting like it's live. And it's, you know, everybody knows it's it's not live because if you refresh the page, you know, it'll be a five minute countdown, right? And you, it starts counting down and you're like, oh, lucky you, the webinar starts in five minutes. And then you refresh the page and it's five minutes again, right? All of that just, it just rubbed me the wrong way. And I wanted to do the opposite. I wanted to create 
You know, if I'm going to create a webinar, I want it to be worth your time. I want you to know exactly what you're going to learn. And I want you to want to be there. I want you to want to show up. I don't want to try to use gimmicks to force people into listening to me. I want them to get value from it. I want to build a relationship with them and to actually enjoy and get value from being on you know, webinars or reading emails or, or whatever it is. And, you know, you mentioned that all of this content is getting just split into smaller and smaller buckets, right? It's like no, nobody can watch a 20 minute YouTube video anymore. They can only watch 60 second shorts or clips or, you know, whatever reels. And I think for a lot of people, if you're, if you're serious about learning something, you know, if you want to just kill some time and you're, you, you know, you're not optimizing to be productive, for example, go right ahead, you know, by all means, have fun, enjoy your life and, and watch funny meme videos, but don't convince yourself that you're learning things or that you're being productive or that you're advancing any of your goals. Right. Well, yeah. and, and to be clear, certainly that there are webinars that are doing that, that gimmicky, right. And, and you can tell that the chat is pretty much, you know, <laughs> fake and and it's been it's been they've been rehashing this same webinar now for for whatever period of time um, but there are absolutely good marketers out there that absolutely. are putting out yes. good content they're doing they're doing webinars that lead up to their launch their their webinars are live up to their launch their launch is live and and the content the value that they're providing because they're only doing one launch leads to that launch and and they do give good value and so it's it's separating the good from the bad, right? And and recognizing, oh wait, these this is a different kind of system, right? And so there are some there are some really really good people out there marketing and giving good programs that that match the value or exceed the value of of the cash that they're that, you know that they're asking for. Um, Absolutely. But there are also people that are just <laughs> you know bad apples trying to to take advantage of people in that same space. And so being able to see the difference and I, I appreciate that you're trying to create a space where entrepreneurs can recognize the difference that, that you can see, you know, or, or teaching entrepreneurs how to create content in a, in a meaningful way that matches, you know, their personality and their brand. So let's, let's chat a little bit about, you know, personal branding and the value of, of that, right. And, and the opportunity to be your authentic self, right? You don't need to be Tony Robbins. You don't need to be Dean Graziosi. Um, those two guys already exist and they've got plenty of people following them, right? So yeah, a couple of things that, I'll, that I'd like to share about personal branding. And first I think is just to, to demonstrate the power of personal branding. You know, when people look at content online, there's just there's too much content out there. You can't keep up with the news and with Facebook and with YouTube. And it's something like every day, you know, there's like a billion minutes of content uploaded to YouTube. You just can't keep up. Right. And not that you even want to, but because we can't keep up, we have to go to some other metric to determine what's good, what's valuable, right? What's worthy of our time. And the metric that we use is what other people like. And so you've, what you find is that the most popular things become more popular, right? If I go on YouTube and I, you know, I'm trying to figure out how to do something, I'll search and I'll see there's three videos. One of them has 
a million more views than the other two. I'm going to watch the the popular one, right? And so we've substituted virality for value. Hmm. And by that, I mean, we don't necessarily watch the best content. We watch the most watched content. Oh. And in some cases, those are the same thing, but but not in every case. You know, if I watch the the self-help video that's uh, got a million views, that doesn't necessarily mean that it's better content or more useful than the one that only has 10,000. It just means that more people are watching it. So virality and your, your brand, your personal brand have a huge impact on the perceived value of your content. You know, you mentioned a Tony Robbins, a Dean Graziosi, those guys have massive brands, right? And they're, you know, famous for getting great results and they've worked over years and years to build those brands to the point where people will line up all the way out the door and around the corner and they'll pay huge amounts of money to get an hour of their time, right? So what is, you know, personal branding takes takes your advertising and your marketing to the next level. You can have really good copy and get zero views and you continue to get zero views, right? But you can have average copy or you even look at people like say Kim Kardashian who doesn't necessarily write sales copy or do any marketing at all. She sells millions of dollars worth of products with a single tweet solely based on personal brand. So, but she had her own TV show. So that was kind of a pretty big setup. That's true. It is true. <laughs> and, um, and so, you know, the, the personal brand that she's built has, uh, you know, allowed her to sell, uh, you know, millions of dollars worth of product without having all of these fancy marketing automations and all of these things. So, you know, personal branding is, is really important. It's thinking about how you can add social proof, add credibility, you know, even things like I really like doing podcast interviews like we're doing right now, because there's a couple of psychological factors that um, work into the audience's mind when you get invited onto someone else's show, you know, as, as the host of this show, you are curating guests. You're, you're inviting people on who you think can bring a valuable interview to your audience. And over the course of all of those interviews, you know, you are building a relationship with them and they're listening to you in their ears throughout their day. And they're thinking, man, I really like the perspective that Robert brings. I, I appreciate the advice and the insights that he brings and they build trust with you. Right. But when you invite me into that inner circle, you tell your audience, Hey, Andrew's a trustworthy guy. He's not going to come out here with all of these scammy, you know, webinars and try to get you on to some fake live thing. You know, he's, he's a stand-up guy. He has some good information to share. So your trust that you've built with your audience is extended to me. You know, that, that helps to build credibility and it, and it at least gives me a chance to make, you know, to put my message out there. It gives me a couple of extra seconds or a couple of extra minutes when the game is, you know, instantaneous, it's seconds. It's if you don't capture someone's attention with a Facebook ad or something immediately, then you're done, right? Then they just keep on scrolling. So um, there's a lot of things that you can do. You can get your, you, you can get published in magazines. You can get interviews. You can do all of these different things to boost your brand so that when people see you, they don't just keep on scrolling. You know, there's too much information out there. People just, a lot of people think that 
people are ignoring them if they're not getting engagement on their free content. But most of the time, it's just that no one knows you exist. They just scroll right by and the information doesn't even get into your brain because there's there's too much to keep track of, right? Absolutely. I mean, obviously, you know, YouTube, it uh, it takes a lot of intentionality to create um, engagement and to create, you know, uh, to, to build a circle of, of followers, right? Obviously, the Kardashians had a TV show that tons and tons of people were just enthralled with. And so they could open a Twitter account and thousands of people are going to follow them. Millions of people are going to follow them because they, they want to know, <laughs> they want to know. And that, and then of course their brands matched their lifestyle, right? So all the brands they've created were lifestyle brands that when they say, Hey, I love this thing. And now I'm going to make my own shoes and I'm going to make my own makeup. I'm going to make my own clothing line. And people are, you know, engaged in that because it matched the lifestyle that they were promoting, you know, through their show. So they've been, they are brilliant women. They are, they're absolutely brilliant. <laughs> yep. uh, down to the youngest daughters are, are brilliant marketers and, and building brands that match the lifestyle that they were portraying in their show. So those millions of people that are following don't, don't feel betrayed when they come out and say, Hey, I got this new shoe, check it out. Or I've got this new makeup and, and I'm building this new clothing line. It's all in alignment. It's all matching. They're not coming out saying, Hey, look, I built a new baseball glove. I want you guys to buy it. Right. <laughs> because, yeah. because that's not, that's not their brand. That's not in alignment with their lifestyle. So, so, so smart, right? The personal brand has to be authentic and it has to match um, the, the, the brand you're trying to build. And so you have to know, you got to know yourself. <laughs> You've got to know, what you're doing and why you're doing it and who you're doing it for. And those three things have kind of got to be in alignment before you start putting your content together and putting your content out there. Um, I, and I think it can be hard for people to know themselves well enough to communicate their content, but then to know the avatar that they want to serve, right? To know that who is that ideal person that you want to, that, that, that will buy everything that you want to sell. Right. And, and of course it's easy to say, well, anybody with money. Right? <laughs> and then of course you can narrow it down because we're online. It's gotta be anybody with a credit card. Yeah. Right. But, but that's not a narrow enough, you know, and so, you know, my niche entrepreneurs and then my niche is entrepreneurs that, you know, have a, a faith element to their lives. And mm. my niche is entrepreneurs that want to grow or committed to building, you know, personal, personally developing themselves. And, and so it's entrepreneurs that, that have a, a growth mindset with a faith element that want to grow. And so, you know, as you get to those elements, each one of them adds a layer, right? And then my content needs to match that. And my life needs to match that. Because even if I convince somebody to buy my crud and we're not in alignment, they're going to take my coaching program and they're going to be like, this doesn't work. Yeah, they'll, they'll get a right. weekend and then they'll quit, and, and then, then they're gonna leave everybody loses. And, yeah. yeah, or they're gonna, you know, they're gonna call me up. Hey, I, you know, I've been in this membership for a couple months. It just doesn't seem to be working. I was like, yeah, we're not in alignment. I don't want, I don't want those clients, right? I, I don't want. That's not the the program I'm selling. I'm not trying to convince you to buy a, a three hundred dollar stack of, well, 
I just think of my dad buying these VHS tapes and, and <laughs> the, you know, the entrepreneur kit that came with mm-hmm. these VHS tapes and, and basically it ended up being shelf help, right? He threw it on the shelf and nothing ever happened with it because it, it wasn't in alignment with, with what he wanted to create or what he thought he wanted to create. And mm-hmm. so I, I think putting yourself out there, especially putting your content out there in an authentic way is so important. And, and of course, to be authentic, you got to know who you are. Right? Yeah. Um, I, I think that, that having the brand that matches your personality and then, and then just sticking with it. Right. So that the people you find and the people that are starting to, to build a circle, right. You're starting to create this circle around yourself is they want to be there, right? I don't yeah, want to put people into that circle that don't want to be there, right? I'm not here to build a fence around them and hold them in. Yeah, that's, you know, that's an incredible mindset shift that I think a lot of people who are in sort of the social media side of starting a marketing agency or starting an online business, it's sort of a me versus them. You know, how can I use all these fancy bells and whistles to trap all of these people and and keep their attention for long enough so that I can, you know, take their money and then, you know, you send them out, you know, you send them your course or whatever. And, and it's all about, you know, how can I take money most efficiently from you and never interact with you so that I can go on vacation <laughs> while you're, you know, maybe you're do using the course or maybe not, but I don't really care because I already got your money. Hmm. Right. And it's, you know, it's, it's switching that mindset from, making transactions to making relationships. Mm, so if you, if you build a relationship with someone, with your, you know, your prospect or your, your customer, you're going to find that they actually want to be there. You know, they believe in you. They believe in your methodology. They believe in, you know, they, they value the same things and they want to get the result that you help people get. And so when they buy from you, or, you know, even before that, when they read your content, you don't have to use gimmicks because they actually, want to read it. They're looking forward to it. When they buy your programs, they consume them because they believe in it. They want to get that result. You know, they, they more frequently will give you a testimonial or they'll buy your next product. You know, they'll, they'll buy a book from you and then they'll go into your membership community and they'll stay there for a lot longer. And, and I've found that by, you know, by focusing on transactions, you're trying to optimize for for more sales right which you you end up optimizing for short-term sales but when you focus on building relationships you optimize for sales over the long term because you maintain these people in your programs you get better results for them they stick around they refer people you know they give you testimonials and they continue to to do the work you know most most programs are journeys they're not destinations you don't just take a course and download all this information. And then all of a sudden you're perfect, right? It's like you, you take the course and then you take step one and you make a mistake and you go back and revisit the material and you learn how to overcome that. And then you go to the next step and you keep progressing. And then, you know, maybe even a couple years later, you come back and you take the course again and you find that the advancements you've made in your life give you a new perspective about how to engage the material and you learn even more from it. Mm. I've found that you're better off rereading really high quality books or, or studying again, the same really high quality material than trying to keep up with the New York times 
bestseller list or, you know, listening to, like I said at the beginning, I used to listen to podcasts on double speed, just trying to consume as much as possible. <laughs> and for me, it's been in the last couple of years, it's been a really conscious shift to consume less, but to really consume high quality stuff and to consume it multiple times. Cause I find that you just keep getting more and more good stuff out of it. Nice. Yeah. I, I think, uh, obviously as you mature, right. As you make the commitment to personal development, the opportunity to grow and, and then read a you know, read a John Maxwell book again, read, you know, go through, you know, John, Jack Canfield's success principles again, um, is, is like, Whoa, I didn't even, you know, I didn't even catch these points because you're, you're just at a whole different level with your mind. Your mind is opened up to a, a whole different world. And so that opportunity to, to grow to another level um, is so good. So we're kind of talking about personal branding, right? And making sure your brand's in alignment. Um, sometimes people are afraid to put their best content out there because they're afraid people are going to steal it. Yeah, that's an interesting thought. Um, you know, I think a lot of people are afraid to put themselves out there. Um, and and it's it's a real, you know, it's a legitimate fear. It is, it can be very scary out there. I think for me, the thing that has been most helpful in reframing it is that the if I don't put any content out there if I don't help people avoid making the mistakes that I made, that result is going to be worse than if I do put my content out there and everyone hates it. And I start getting all of these trolls flocking in or, or whatever happens, the worst case outcome is going to be, there's this, um, there's this Greek idea called arete that is, Basically, it's pursuit of your best self. It's that in any given moment, there is a path that is your highest self. It's your best self. It's the best that you can be doing. And then there's a gap. And somewhere below that is how you're actually performing. You know, how good is your mindset? How how um, consistent are you? How um, how well have you mastered yourself and your emotions? And trying to make that gap as small as possible is, is the goal, right? It's, it's trying to be your best self. And I think that by, by pursuing that and by consciously thinking about that and thinking about, okay, you know, yes, it's going to be scary to put myself out there, but the alternative is worse than that. You know, the, the worst case scenario, I, I think it's Tim Ferriss calls this fear setting, right? Where, where you, instead of thinking about the best case scenario, or instead of thinking about all these different things that you could be thinking about, you think about the worst case scenario and you convince yourself that it's not that bad, right? And, and so in, in sort of both approaches, you're looking at, well, if I, if I don't put myself out there, I don't get hurt, but somebody else does, Right. And if I do put myself out there, it's sort of an option to get hurt. If someone reaches out and and is all you know negative or or is trolling me or whatever, that doesn't have to bother me. They were never going to buy anything from me. They were never going to do the work. They were never going to get anything value out of what I was teaching. So, 
you know, you can look at it from the mindset of thank you for identifying yourself as someone who's not a good fit for my, you know, we're talking about know who you are, know who your customer is. Those people are just not my customers. So it's good to get them out of the way and make more room for people who are ideal customers. Absolutely. We will be right back after this short break. This episode is sponsored by Add Value to Life Coaching. Want to learn the mindset secrets of successful entrepreneurs that have been shared on our podcast? Well, you can get them for free at addvaluemindset.com, addvaluemindset.com. Welcome back. Let's get back to more greatness. Well, and I, I like that viewpoint of the world needs to hear your voice. The world needs to learn the lessons that you've learned. Um, and and they're going to learn that through your shared stories and, and your shared experience. And until you're willing to put that out there, um, I'm of the view that if if what I'm putting out there is so good that someone wants to steal it, I'm excited. Like <laughs> that's a that's a highest compliment. I think that wow, they're stealing my stuff. Like that was on my website or Facebook memes. People like get it. I mean, there's a group of people out there getting offended over someone stealing your meme. I'm like, man, download that thing, copy it, whatever, post it, re rehash it. That, that's awesome. So yeah, yeah, it's it's an interesting, you know, for me, it's just I don't feel comp competition because I feel like competition kills creativity. And so for me, it's, you know, if I can, if I can elevate somebody else's game and they can use my stuff to elevate their game, man, that's exciting. And so yeah. it's uh, I just, I just need to put some more out there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, that's a great point. And I kind of steered in a different direction with your question initially. And then you, you reminded me that, you know, you were talking about people stealing your content you know, it, I agree with you totally. It's a compliment. It means your content is great <laughs> if people want to steal it. And I think you find that people will eventually find the truth. If someone is consistently stealing from your content, they're really just saying, hey, you should go check out Robert because he has all these great ideas. And then they're distributing it to their audience. Uh, eventually, you know, it may not be the first time, it may not be the second time, but eventually they're going to they're going to find out it, it comes out and the, you know, their audience members will see, Oh, wow. You know, a lot of these ideas are coming from someone else who, and they go to your website and they at least look at you. And so that gives you a chance to, to build your list. So great. If people are copying you, it means you're doing something right. Yeah, I, I agree. And that, and I think you're right. Like that other person isn't going to be able to hold up my stories, right? They're not going to be able to hold up my experiences because they, they just, they don't have it in their heart. It won't match. And people mm -hmm. are going to pick up on that uh, when it really matters. And and they're not going to be able to offer the coaching that I offer because they, they don't have my heart and my experience. And and so, yeah, I, yeah it, it doesn't, yeah, it's never bothered me. I've never feared mm -hmm. that like, someone's going to take my content. It's, it sounds to me like it's just an excuse to not put yourself out there. Um, <laughs> yeah. and I think people just need to put yourself out there, be your authentic self. And if your stories are authentic, it's harder for people to copy because they don't have the same journey. They don't have the same, you know, relationships and, and, and life. And, and so, yeah, all those things are going to, are going to come out. So one of the things you like to talk about is this 25 year old leadership story that differentiates between, you know, good, like good lifelong customers and the opposite. Yeah. So this is a, this is a 2,500 year old story from the movie 300. 
And it's about this battle of Thermopylae where, um, you know, the Persian empire is, is spanning most of Asia and they're, they're pushing into, into Europe, they're pushing into Greece and it's during this Greek holiday and the Greeks are not religiously allowed to go out to meet the Persians in battle and to defend their lands against them. And so this story is about 300 Spartan warriors who defy the gods and who go out into battle and they meet this Persian army in battle. And the two leaders, so the, the Spartans are led by Leonidas, who is the king of Sparta, and there's 300 of them, right? On the other side, there's maybe 10,000 Persian slaves, mercenaries. They have magicians. They have all of these sort of fantastical things. They have beasts that they use, and they all worship this god king, Xerxes. He rides this giant throne made of gold that's carried by his slaves. And at every point in the movie, there are, are great just leadership lessons that you can learn and business lessons that you can learn in this dichotomy between these two leaders. You see Leonidas, he trains side by side with his brothers who stand in that phalanx with him. They all hold their shields up. You know, Leonidas walks with them. He's covered in blood and sweat and tears, and he's fighting right in the front line of that battle. He's holding everyone together as a leader should do. And then you look across to the other side and Xerxes is sitting in his camp at the back of the battle. He's telling his people to go attack and to go die. And they believe him because they believe him to be some kind of God, but they go, they fight. He does no work and he rides on this golden throne. And one of the uh, one of the analogies I like is when you compare that golden throne, you know, this is a leadership analogy. Xerxes sits at the top of the pyramid and all of his people sit underneath it, holding that pyramid up. You know, his business or his army exists to expand his presence across the world, to expand his empire, to make him great. But when you look at Leonidas and the Spartans, it's exactly the opposite. Leonidas stands at the front of the phalanx. He takes the full force of the Persian onslaught. You know, he exists in a servant leadership model where he's the base and everything is built on top of him. So that's, you know, that is my favorite, uh, one of my favorite business movies. And I think that, you know, one of the things I teach when it comes to storytelling and in content creation is that you can take any story and you can really spin out different, uh, a different moral of the story. You know, so in this case, the moral of the story is in, is in a leadership lesson, but you could also take a different moral and you could talk about the way Xerxes recruits people to his cause. You know, there's a point in the movie where there's actually a Spartan warrior who was you know, they're called Spartans for a reason. And we use that word to mean, you, know, you might think of a Spartan race or something. They're, they're very hardcore, right? And so this man was crippled and he was cast aside as a, as a child and he was not raised as a Spartan. And, and he comes back as an adult and he wants to, you know, his dream is to fight uh, alongside his brothers and they won't let him, right? So he, he gets upset and he goes to Xerxes 
and Xerxes, you know, takes him in, right? Xerxes is pretending to be a god. He is running all of these fake webinars with these fake timers, right? And doing all of this, this um, hype to make people think that he's more important than he actually is. And, and he brings um, this crippled man into this tent and shows him all of the fantasies that he can, that he can have if he becomes a Persian, you know, uh, everything that he could want, everything that he desires is within his grasp. And he doesn't show him the hard work. He doesn't show him that he's going to have to go fight and die in battle. And, and, you know, go, to go back to Leonidas and the Spartans, that's what they're there to do is to fight. And for them, it's the a glorious way to die is on the battlefield, serving your country side by side with your brothers, you know, fighting and dying to defend what you believe in. So there's just so many lessons you can pull from the dichotomy of those two types of leaders. And it's always a recentering moment for me to think, you know, how am I acting or leading like Leonidas or how, and in what ways am I, taking an easier path or taking a shortcut or, or, or in what ways am I deficient in my leadership? In what ways am I leading like Xerxes? Nice. So let's talk about if you take that random story and you want to make that into, into content um, for an email or social media or, you know, into your course, how, how would you, how would you use that across, you know, multiple platforms? So I was tasked with an interesting problem recently. And, um, you, you know, it's the idea of reusing content because we all fill up Google drive folders or notes folders with all of these different posts that we've posted. And I think there's a couple of mental, uh, mindset limitations that hold a lot of people back here because on, on one hand, there's a negative stigma around reusing content. And you think that maybe someone's going to notice or they're going to think you're a fraud or that, you know, oh, he's reposting the same thing that he posted two months ago. I think there's a couple of reasons why you actually should be reposting your content. For one, not everyone sees it. People are busy. It, maybe they see it and they forget. It's, you know, it's been proven that you need to repeat your messages many multiples of times, something like five to seven times or more for someone to actually get it to sink into their brain. So there's that advantage. If, if they see it twice, they're going to get twice the benefit from it. And also what we talked about earlier, where if it's good content, you, know, you want to consume good content multiple times because you're going to be at a different place. Maybe you got one lesson out of it the first time, but the second time, maybe you got a, a different lesson or, or you heard something different that you needed to hear on that day. So it's definitely beneficial to be reposting and, and reusing your content. And, um, you know, the, the, the problem that that I was referencing was how do you take all of, you know, this person had been posting um, articles on his blog over the past several years, and he, he wanted to create basically lead magnets out of all of these, create a bunch of lead magnets, give them out to different people, different segments, sub, sub niches in his audience to get more leads into his email list, right? So he could, he could build his list. And what we ended up doing was we just went straight to his website. And on his website, he had six different types of people who he had identified were a good fit for his products and services. Hmm. And so what I did is I just took each of those different segments and I said, okay, 
what blog posts have you written that fall into this bucket? What blog posts fall into this bucket? And I separated them out and put a handful of different things in each bucket. And then you ask yourself the question, okay, what is this, you know, what does this person want? What can I put together with this information that is valuable to them? What promise can I make to them that this information can fulfill? And, and, you know, in, in no time at all, we were able to put together outlines for all of these different lead magnets that really you're just combining content that you've already written. So, you know, I, I think to answer your question, there's value in just say you write a post, you write an email, you write a blog post, whatever it is, there's value in just posting that as it is on all of your platforms because different people are engaging on different platforms. People have have their sort of home that they like to consume content on. There's value in that. There's value in posting it again three months from now when it's, if it's still appropriate, if it's still valuable, you know, obviously you want to always be giving valuable content and, and helping your audience. You don't want to, you want to avoid reposting it because you can't think of any other ideas. Um, <laughs> that's certainly, you know, that's a red flag, but that's a different problem. And I think there's also benefit to combining similar pieces of content into larger things, into trainings, into, um, you know, a curated list for a lead magnet, like we talked about. And there's also value in doing the opposite and in ex extracting your headline or extracting your main premise or something controversial that you wrote about um, and using that on Twitter, for example. So what, what a lot of people like to do is they like to start by just recording a video and you, you can just take your topic, record a video that, that talks about what you want to say. You rip the audio from it and you transcribe the audio. And so then you have a video that you can use on, on your um, YouTube, or you can chop it up into video clips. You can make reels out of it. You can do highlights. You can do whatever you want to do with that video based content, right? You can take the audio, you can use it in podcasts. You can do anything audio based with that. And then you can take the transcript and post it on your Facebook, or you can post it on your blog or send an email. So you only have to record the content one time. And obviously that's if, if you are comfortable, you know, a lot of people don't, and myself included, I prefer to write because the quality of insight and the quality of content that I can deliver is much higher when I'm writing than when I'm speaking on video. Um, but if you, you know, if you're good at video, that's definitely going to be the, the most efficient way for you to do it. You could also just start with audio and, and skip the video. You know, a lot of people, when you're looking into the video camera in your phone, start to get a little nervous, start to get a little just, I can't think of anything because I'm looking at myself in the, in the camera. But when, as soon as you turn the camera off and you're just recording audio, it's, you know, completely clear mind and you can, and can work with that. So, you know, like we've been talking about at various points in this conversation, you have to know yourself. You have to know what your strengths are, what your capabilities are, and and work within those. Absolutely. So, what did you learn by publishing every day for a year, and and what and and tell us just a little background about what what that was, right? What, sure. What you actually were creating. So, I started this as a New Year's resolution in 2020, 
And, um, you know, I've had success with two New Year's resolutions in my life. That was one of them. The other one was in nice. 2016. I wanted to read more books. And that um, that completely changed my life. I didn't read at all. And that's kind of what got me into entrepreneurship and, nice. and personal development and everything. So, uh, but but we're talking about creating every day for a year. And, and I knew that I'd seen other successful entrepreneurs who just swore by this daily content creation, just publish something every day, post it to your Facebook, send it to your email list, whatever, but create something and publish it every day for a year and it will change your business and it'll change your life. And so I, I kind of got up the motivation, you know, I thought, you know, I'm kind of having trouble. I, I can barely think of enough topics to write for one week. But, you know, it's a good goal. It's an ambitious goal. And I'm just going to try it and I'm going to see what happens. And so I set out and, you know, the human mind thinks so linearly about these things. You know, I thought, okay, in 365 days, I'll have about 365 pieces of content and hopefully I'll be a better writer. You know, if I get 365 practice intervals in, hopefully I'll be better at it. But what I learned and what I was able to create was so much more than that because, Oftentimes in life and in business, you know, we're looking for things that yield compound interest, right? Mm -hmm. Compound interest is sort of a, it's a mostly financial term in that you put money in the bank and it earns interest and that interest goes back into your bank account and then your interest earns interest. And so your, your money, if you let it sit there, it grows exponentially over time. But there's other things in life, not just money that you can compound. And I found that content creation is one of those things. So, you know, after the course of that year, I ended up writing about 330 pieces of content. I didn't quite get my 365, but more importantly, I was able to develop a, a habit of daily content creation. Nice. And out of that habit, I was able to write two eBooks. I was able to write eight months worth of content for a membership site that I started. And I created a couple of other trainings, you know, a whole bunch of blog posts and just all of this content that came out of sitting down every day, just consciously trying to write something valuable. And, and you know, in a lot of days, especially in the beginning, the content that I was writing was really bad. <laughs> and, you know, I learned and I got better. And I found that if I just thought about one day at a time and I just tried to write something today, and the next day I sat down and, and tried to write one thing. I didn't think about the whole year. I didn't think, you know, I need to plan out all 365 days worth of content in advance. It was just one day at a time and just tried to be consistent, right? Consistency is that thing that leads to compound interest. If you start taking your money out, if you start taking that interest out, you don't compound anymore. You don't get exponential returns. You have to stay consistent. You have to keep putting the effort in. You have to keep creating the content. And that was really, you know, that was the, the, one of the most valuable things I could have learned. And to this, to this day, you know, it's my daily content creation habit is, is precious to me. And the things that I can create just out of sitting down and writing every day is so much more than I thought I would have, would have been able to do. Mm, absolutely. Well, you know, we think about the Olympic athletes, right. And, and you just think, you know, Oh, I could swim like yeah, Michael Phelps and, you know, but most people want the result without putting in the work. And so you look at other entrepreneurs, you look at, 
Jeff Bezos and everybody wants his money and his result and his rocket and 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 yet look back at the amount of work that he that he put in. And I think a daily habit of content creation is like the athlete's practice, right? You're making a commitment to your content, to yourself, to to your ability to put something good into the world. And by doing it every day, it's like getting that six hours of practice in <laughs> every day. And that consistency is consistency beats almost everything. <laughs> it's absolutely right. And, you know, at the end of the day, you have to be a master at your craft. Mm. You know, Michael Phelps is the master of his craft. And, you know, like you say, a lot of people, they want to win gold medals, but none of them are willing to get up at 4 a.m. or 3.30 and hit the pool and then it, it, do all the stretching and muscle work and then hit the pool again, right? And and with, with online educators, the people who I work with, content creation is a part of your craft. Absolutely. If you can't effectively communicate what you do, even if what you do is athletic training or it's your a running coach or a swimming coach or something, you know, even if what you do is not at all related to marketing, you have to be able to communicate effectively with your people. You're not going to be able to, to teach them anything if you can't communicate effectively with them. Hmm. And that daily habit is just, it's part of perfecting and mastering your craft. Absolutely. That's so good. So going to go a little personal here. I think you mentioned wife, right? So are That's you right. married? I am. Yes. All right. got, got married last September. Well, congratulations, so. right? Ooh, Thank man. you. Got married in the pandemic. Sheesh. Yeah, it was, um, you know, thankfully everything went absolutely perfectly. It was such a beautiful experience. Everything went exactly how we wanted it to go. Nice. And there were no hiccups at all. And well, we were so great. nervous about everything. All of the complications just with the pandemic added on top of complications of having a wedding and having everyone's family together and, and the stress of, of planning an event and it couldn't have gone better. So oh, congratulations. So <laughs> thank you. Favorite date with your wife. You know, I think that um, I, I want to take this a little bit in a different direction because right. my mind, my mind goes to this. Uh, so for Christmas, my wife got us this book. And it, it, I think it's popular on Instagram. I, I'm not really sure what it's called or where, where it comes from, but it's a collection of 50 different dates that you do. Nice. And the idea is to get out of your comfort zone, stop watching Netflix, and do <laughs> something that is exciting and is fun. And so we did the first one. You know, we, we traveled over the holidays. And so we just got back and kind of got settled in. We did the first one on Sunday and it was, um, baking a, well, you're supposed to bake a pie. We made some brownies, but, um, oh, one of, one of the person is blindfolded. Oh, so my goodness. wife was, or, or so my wife blindfolded me and I had to do all of the mixing and measuring and actually do all of the work. And she had wow. to show me how to do it with, with, um, she wasn't allowed to, just talk me through everything. She could say like three sentences the entire time. So she was, you know, using her hands to give me things and move things around. And 
it, it was the perfect date for us because especially when it comes to cooking, um, my wife is very particular about the way we, we make food and how it's going to be prepared and how it's going to taste. And for me, it's like, I just, I'm not that into it. You know, I, it's like, we've got some, we've got some grub, let's eat. It's lukewarm. That's okay. It's, uh, it's gonna, you know, it's gonna be nourishing. Um, so I, I could just hear her in her voice, you know, she wanted to do things a certain way, but we couldn't really do it because I was blindfolded and I could barely tell what part of the kitchen I was standing in. Oh. So we had an absolute blast doing that. And, you know, one of the things that we're trying to do this year is, is you know, consciously working on our relationship and not falling into complacency as it's, it's so easy to do. And so we're going to be doing that on a weekly basis. And, um, we're a little nervous about some of the upcoming ones, but we don't know exactly what they're going to be, but, um, we're excited for it. Well, I love the commitment to, uh, you know, just trying to keep some spice in your marriage, some, some, you know, challenging your comfort zone is definitely <laughs> worth doing it at any level. Right. And, and I think entrepreneurs have to push their comfort zone because the comfort zone is going to be, you know, sitting on the couch watching Netflix and you can't build a business or a community um, in, with that lifestyle. Um, but it's too easy now, right? Because there's so much content Yeah, <laughs> and you could consume yeah. Netflix content for an endless eternity of lifetimes and, and never build a business and never leave a legacy. Um, so yeah, that, absolutely. That's, that's a fantastic opportunity. <laughs> Good for you guys for taking it on. Yeah. And thank you. And, and it sounds like she, her comfort zone was stretched much farther than yours was. In this <laughs> yeah. Particular I had, date. I, I had very low expectations for myself because I couldn't, I, you know, it's hard to just do the mixer in the bowl when you're blindfolded. So, <laughs> but Hey, they turned out great. Um, and we, we ended up giving some away to some friends and they loved them. So nice. we didn't, we didn't share with them the process. We shared with them the result. <laughs> well, and, and the result, once they have the result, then if that's good, then the result, then the process yeah, becomes exactly. more interesting. <laughs> and let's tell you a story <laughs> yeah, about those right. brownies. <laughs> Would you like to hear where these came from? <laughs> that's, that's fantastic. Andrew, so you just had a conversation with a young entrepreneur. You want to leave him with Andrew's words of wisdom. What would you share? I think we've we've just hit on it in that you need to know yourself if you want to you know if you want to get the result that comes from building a successful business, you need to be willing to put in the work to get there and you need to be consistent. Consistency is the, the number one thing for me in my life. And I've seen it so many times for other people too. build something that you enjoy doing and build it every day because you love doing it. And all of the success and all of the things that follow will follow in due time. Mm, so good. Andrew, thank you for taking the time to come on the show today. I appreciate you. Your website and stuff will be in the description so folks can find you and, and learn more about you and, and connect with you. So we will we'll make sure that's all, all available. So thank you so much for, for hanging out today. Yeah, thanks, Rob. I, I had a great time. If you enjoyed the show, please like, subscribe, or leave a review. We have a free gift for you 
at addvaluemindset.com. That's addvaluemindset.com. We've collected some of the best mindset secrets shared by successful entrepreneurs on our podcast, and we want to give them to you for free. addvaluemindset.com. In our next episode, John and Anna Mann share about working together on their book, The Go-Giver Marriage. In a good relationship, you let go of the scorecard and you allow the other person to be themselves. John shares about mentors and how they played a role in his journey. Together, they want to change the state of marriage in the world by equipping couples to have better relationships.